Welcome to the Aficionado Show. I'm your host, Kevin Robbins. An aficionado is a person who is very knowledgeable and enthusiastic about an activity, subject, or pastime. Every Saturday morning, we will feature aficionados to share with you, our guest, all things that are the good life, including local eats, libations, cigars, local live music, and local events here in Southwest Florida. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the Aficionado Show. Adam Hood, how are you, sir? I am. I'm doing amazing. Life couldn't be any better. Well, we uh, we've had a, a pretty fun couple of weeks. Uh, last week, Adam and I went on Cigar Safari. We were talking about it on uh, our previous show. Uh, that is Drew Estate's trip to uh, to Nicaragua, where you stay in their compound. They call it Cigar Safari, the actual place where you stay, and it's a uh, uh, really cool. Uh, uh, I don't know why you call it a hotel, for lack of a better term, a bunch of rooms, and, a, you know, it's a house. Uh, it's a house hooked to the back of their factory with a beautiful view. You stay there, and you get to tour uh, a lot of things. The Hoyo de, We went to the Hoyo de Nicaragua factory, and we went to uh, several fields and nurseries and, and curing barns uh, there in, uh, in Nicaragua. We toured the um, uh, Drew Estate factory. It was really, it was a great trip, Adam. I was it, and you were, you were, uh, nervous about the trip. I was. You admitted that before. Uh, before you were nervous about the the travel, the going out of the country, all of that. Um, and you had not been on any kind of uh, uh, cigar tour trip yet. This was your first. Correct. So I'm curious to know a how was how was the travel? Travel was a little annoying, but that's going to come with any overseas travel. Uh, how was the travel to you? Was it was it what you expected? Was it better? Was it worse? And then what was your thoughts on the trip? It's, or on the uh, actual experience, of the trip itself. Air travel in general is a pain in the ass. Um, we were delayed an hour. That kind of set everything back. We were trying to play catch up the whole time. Uh, although the days were long, that sh- that that trip came and went. You know, yeah. Um, the international travel wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. You know, I mean, I guess watching movies and you, you know, I don't know, plundering through your bags and none of that stuff even happened. You know, it was um, now it can be annoying. There's some annoyances along the way and. Uh, a couple of us had uh, some annoyances that you didn't experience coming back into Miami. You know, sure. it's just a matter. It, it depends on. And if anybody's ever flown back into the country into Miami, there's lines and lines and lines of people going through customs and and all that stuff. And uh, I, sometimes I think it just depends on what line you get in because we got That's into true. a line where where we had a real jerk for a customs agent, and right, you right. guys flew right through, and I saw other people fly right through. So it just, you know, I think that depends. So, yeah, the travel isn't nearly as bad as I think you thought it was, right? No, no, not at all. Um, you know, getting into the country and paying $10 to get into Nicaragua was kind of funny <laughs> to me. Um, I can't imagine how much money they make off of that. Right. But regardless, overall, uh, doing the trip was uh, it was an eye-opening experience. I've been in this business a long time, and I've been around cigars for uh, you know going on 20 years. Uh, I've never experienced half the things that I saw there. It's amazing that you can buy a, a premium, high-quality cigar for $5. Right. It blows my mind. After right. seeing that process, you can buy a stick for 5 bucks, it, and it's a good stick. Uh, that, that just blows my mind. Um, 
meeting some of the locals there was really cool. Um, experiencing the whole tour and going through the whole process was a very eye-opening experience. Uh, the hospitality was great. The food was amazing. Uh, you know, enough booze to hold you over, even though we had to go shopping for some. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we made it. We, we did. made it. We did. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed myself, man. And the best part to me was just actually hanging out with uh, you in a different capacity, hanging out with Rich Castiano, owner of the World Famous Cigar Bar. Hanging out with him in a different capacity was really cool. I've never been in that kind of setting right. with him before. It's, it's always business, you know. Right. Um meeting some guys that were from Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan, you know, we had the whole other group down there. It was cool. Um, great, great group overall. It top was. To bottom. Everybody, everybody was fun. Everybody brought something different, uh, personality wise and, and, uh, uh, experience wise. Absolutely. We had Tim and Shirley, uh, Wallace, uh, who are regulars at the world famous cigar bar. So, so I love them both. I've been friends with them for years and they've been a regular at the, at the bar there. And, uh, they were a lot of fun. I think they really enjoyed themselves uh, uh, down there. So at Paul from the Cape Coral World Famous Cigar Bar, we got to hang out with him. He was with us. So we had a great group all, all the way across. And I want to do, uh, and I'm sure you've got something to say about it too, I want to put a, a special shout-out to uh, Edward and, and to uh, Henry. Henry. Those guys were great um, from top to bottom. They were great. They took good care of us, made sure we were having a good time. Uh, a wealth of knowledge, and, and Adam and I are the, the curious ones, so we were asking all kinds of outside-the-box right, questions right. about not necessarily the process and this and that, because I, I mentioned, and, and I will mention, I mentioned it again in, a, in an in, another interview we're going to air later in this show, that I fell in love with Esteli. I really did. That is an interesting little, uh, interesting little a city. cool little city. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not big. Um, and we perused a lot around it, you know, yeah. um, not as much as I'd like. I want to go much, back. Yeah, I want to go back. Yeah, we, but, aren't, we aren't able to get out and really explore, but you know, seeing the city for, for what it is through, through the bus windows was, was still cool. And it's just amazing, man. The way people, they live so differently down there, you know, compared to being here in the U S and I guess that's any third world country, but, right. um, Everyone was pleasant. I got so many smiles and waves. And they're happy. They're, they're because they don't. Sadly, they don't know any it's, different. It's a different way of life. It that's is all. a totally different way of life. And um, yes, I, I that is one of the observations I've made every time I've been in Honduras and Nicaragua. Is the people are very nice, very very accommodating, right. very um, their their work ethic is exceptional so that where that translates to obviously amazing products in the cigars that we get to smoke every day but also that translates to the quality of service and and care that we got while we were down there their work ethic is is uh, exceptional they're just a great great they're great people so i really enjoyed it down there Uh, i'm glad you had a good time Uh, obviously we got to experience some really cool things uh something that i hadn't seen before obviously because I hadn't been there, is Drew Estate has a very unique way of marketing their products. And and uh, you, this is more up your alley since you're the graphic guy and the marketing guy and all sure. that. But uh, they have what's called Subculture Studios. And, we got to, and that is right there on, on the property at their factory um, in Esteli. Quite a place. Really cool. And uh, uh, Adam, it, in the show here, gets an opportunity to interview Jesse Flores, who is uh, the head of Subculture Studios and obviously a major part of their marketing department because that's uh, that's how they market their their product is with the very unique things that come out of Subculture Studios. So what did you what did you think of Subculture? And then we're going to hear a little bit more from from Jesse here in a few minutes. Yeah, I mean the art 
and the creativity and the craftsmanship that comes out of subculture is it's bar none. I mean, it's everything is done by hand. They hand carve those, you know, mega ashtrays that you see. We got the opportunity to have some things painted for us and you walk in and it's, it's, it's a paint and brush. There's no vinyl stickers. There's no, and that's, that's what I do. I'm a digital designer. Uh, Those guys are artists. Right. And it's, and there's several of them. There's a room full of Jesse obviously is the, the head of that all and and an exceptional artist, but there was a room full of them. What was there? Probably 10 or 15 in that one room, all in their hand painting and everything they produce is consistent. It's uh, it's amazing work. It was just, it was an amazing process to see that it's, it's all done by hand. Those are artists painting on the items that you bring to Cigar Safari. Right. So we're going to learn a little bit more about Subculture Studios and Jesse. Adam had the opportunity to actually interview him there at uh, at the factory in Esteli. So that's coming up in the show. Uh, somebody else we got to hang out with, uh, Adam, and I was very excited to. I had met him before. Very excited to see him come in, come in, and he actually stayed at, at the safari with us for yeah. uh, two nights, and we got to, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, got to hang out with him and talk to him. Uh, that was Willie Herrera, and uh, Willie Herrera is a master blender for uh, Drew Estate. Not A. The, the. Right. So, <laughs> and, and Willie has an interesting background. Inter- uh, he uh, actually started his cigar career at the El Titan de Bronze factory in Miami, uh, and then went to Drew Estate and began his career there. And so I was very excited to get to sit down and talk to him. And I got to say, what a great guy. Just a regular guy. We, you know, um, obviously his cigar knowledge is, is unbelievable. He spends one week a month, generally, depending upon what his kids are doing and stuff, in, uh, in the factory down there working on blends, working on things. Um, so it was, it was a true joy. And, and during the trip, uh, at both the Hoya de Nicaragua factory and the Drew Estate factory, we got the opportunity to blend our own cigars. Well, the true treat was Willie Herrera was with us at the Drew Estate factory yes. when we were blending our cigars. So we were getting we were getting his input on our blends as we were blending our own our own personal blends, which was pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know who rolled your test blend, but uh, Willie put my bunch together. Right. Well, you know, which was kind of cool to see him do that. But like you said, such a down to earth guy. Uh, just general talk at breakfast you know and not everything was about cigars no. he, he's a miami boy he's, he's a miami native that's where he was born right uh, you know his uh, parents are of cuban ethnicity um but he's he's got the he's got the touch when it comes to cigars oh no doubt and so he has obviously the herrera line of cigars herrera esteli line of cigars uh from drew estate and adam and i are actually smoking uh, the Herrera Esteli. Well, I'm about to fire mine. Up Miami. Right yeah, he hasn't fired his up yet. Mine is uh, mine is going. This is the Her- Herrera Esteli Miami. Uh, if you're looking for it in the humidor, it has a red label where I believe the other one is white. Correct, Adam. Um, so the yeah, white with red. Right. So, so the unique reversed. thing about the Miami is that it is actually made in that El Titan de Bronze factory that he started up. Uh, or, you know, started his career with. Uh, in in Miami, so that's the unique piece about this cigar. His family owns that factory. Yeah, his mother. I guess yeah. it's his mother in law, right? right. right so right. so he is still involved in that factory in some capacity, and obviously has cigars made there. Uh, also, the El Titan de Bronze. There's a couple of the uh, La Polina cigars, including yes. the Goldie, that's made in that factory. So, and, um, and we're going to go there soon, and you'll be surprised of how small this factory is. Yeah, it's it's a tiny place in uh, Calle Ocho in Miami. 
which is Cigar Row. If right. you can't find a cigar on that street, you're you're blind. And I've never been there, so <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to that. And you know, one of the things that I was I was so impressed with uh, with Willie is again I'd met him before. I don't know if he remembered me or not because you know it's been it's been a while. But I sat down with him and told him a little bit about our show here, and uh, said, you know, Willie, I, I know you're in Miami. Uh, you know, we'd love to come over and interview you because, as as you know, as listeners, uh, all of our interviews are pre-recorded and then we plug them all together to uh, to make a show because the the guests that we try to interview uh, are not available all at the same time of the same week of the same. So we have to chase them around a little bit, and our equipment allows us to do that. So I sat down with Willie and I said, "Hey, I'd I'd love to have you on the show," and I was very humble uh, because asking a guy like that to be on the show, and you know, we've had some names on here and we've got some others planned, and I'm excited about that. But I was very humble in asking, and uh, Willie was uh, immediately gracious and said, "Oh, he immediately absolutely. immediately pulls out his phone and starts looking at dates. Yeah, oh, I'll be back here. I'll yeah. be back. You know, and so. gave me his cell phone number and said, "Let's make right. it happen." So absolutely. coming up, that's the point of this whole thing. We wanted to uh, we wanted to smoke the the uh, Herrera Esteli Miami, and wanted to let you guys know that. Uh, you need to watch for that because that's going to be special. We're looking forward to that. We're actually going to go to Miami, interview Willie over there, actually uh, go through the uh, L Titan de Bronze factory. So that should be a really good show. That's coming up uh, soon. We don't have a date yet because his schedule is pretty heavy with kids uh, travel, sports, and and obviously being out of the country one week a month. So, But that's coming up very, very soon. So uh, on the show, Adam... Coming up, we have, as I mentioned before, your interview with Jesse Flores at Subculture Studios when we were down there. Uh, we got to sit down with Jesse for a little bit. Uh, we spent a lot of time with Jesse, actually. What a great guy. Really enjoyed uh, our time with him. Uh, also, we did a little, um, what they call it, uh, Cigar Safari After Dark. Yes. Uh, it was a uh, kind of a YouTube uh, show, video thing that should be coming out soon, too. We'll share that with everybody. Uh, so that was that was great. So stay tuned. Coming up right after the break, we'll jump into the uh, interview with Jesse Flores right here on the Aficionado Show. Hi, this is Pat Denson, Vice President of Estero Bay Chevrolet. When you sell the most cars, you have the luxury of keeping only the finest pre-owned vehicles for every price category. Many are one-owner trades. Many purchase new here. We don't go to the auction and purchase other people's problems. So if you're in the market for the nicest used cars and trucks and sport utilities, there's no better place to buy than Estero Bay Chevrolet. Find new roads. Exit 123. Your ride, your way today. AsteroBayChevrolet.com. For over 10 years, Sticks Cigar Company in North Fort Myers has been the place for those highly sought-after boutique cigar blends that you won't find in every humidor. Owner Tom Green prides himself in not only having unique cigar brands, but also a large selection of cigar accessories, including cutters, lighters, ashtrays, and that perfect humidor. Stop in to see Tom and let him help you pick out the perfect cigars, and while you're there, stay for a cigar on the patio or in the man cave. That's Sticks Cigar Company, located at 705 Pondella Road in North Fort Myers, or give them a call at 239-898-2593. Be sure to tell them that the Aficionado Show sent you. Hood Designs, the official marketing and branding partner of the Aficionado Show. Hood Designs is a highly versatile design firm specializing in branding, marketing, print, and digital. With their extensive knowledge of web development and graphic design, they're able to assist your business to reaching its marketing goals. Hood Designs is well known for their project promptness and pride themselves in creating satisfied clients. Contact Hood Designs today and learn how they can help you with your business goals. 561-247-4931 or visit hooddesigns.com. 
Ione Insurance and Risk Management is an independent insurance agency here in Southwest Florida. They've been providing complete and comprehensive insurance portfolio risk management services in Florida for over 25 years. Ione Insurance and Risk Management is proud to serve our community in all things insurance and risk management. For more information about how they can assist you and your business, call 239-707-1133. Again, 239-707-1133. Or visit them online at IoniInsurance.com. That's I-A-N-N-O-N-E Insurance.com. So we're on the road again with the Stereo Bay Chevrolet, but we're it's more than on the road. We're actually coming to you from Nicaragua. We're at the Drew Estate Cigar Safari in Nicaragua. This has been an amazing time for Adam and I, and we have the pleasure of having with us Jesse Flores. So I'm going to hand off the interview to Adam, and Adam and Jesse are going to talk, but we wanted the opportunity, because Jesse spends all of his time here in Esteli, uh, which is where we're at, so getting him back on the phone or getting him back in front of us is going to be difficult, so while we had him here, we wanted to get him on the show, so here's Adam and here's Jesse. Thanks, Kevin. I am sitting in Esteli, Nicaragua, inside of Subculture Studios with the famous Jesse Flores. Um, Jesse, it's it's been a pleasure, man. Um, is Subculture Studios is it uh, a separate entity from Drew? I know your roots are in the ground together with Drew Estate, but but is Subculture its own entity? Uh, no, it's a uh, part of the Drew Estate family. Uh, I guess um, it all started off. Uh, uh, with uh, Jonathan Drew, he wanted uh, me to be an art artist for him. Uh, like I said, I didn't know that I was going to be working here. I, you know, I gave you guys a, uh, a brief tour, and I gave you guys a little his- history of, of uh, Subculture Studios. Uh, it's very interesting that you know people come down here and actually are more enthusiastic of the art and cigars and in combination. Some people say I love the art, brought me to the cigars. Some people say the cigars, and then I, I captured the art. Um, John, when he, when, when he first met me, I was very rustic. I only knew how to do graffiti and he pushed me uh, to the boundaries and the limits of being an artist. Um, I'm a street artist. He took me from the street mentality. He took me to the business side of the tobacco industry. Um, and it's been fun. You know, what, what I've been doing, it's very unique and very authentic. I love that word authentic because it's, it's what people want, you know, uh, not something in being like a corporate meeting. It was like, yeah, it was a decision to have Jesse do this. I'm, I'm, I piss a lot of people off because I like to do a lot of stuff because it's from the heart. It's not like I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for an email. Uh, I really uh, have more enthusiasm to create stuff that uh, I believe that will bring a more, more bigger impact. And I know, you know, the pissing people off in, in the corporate world is more like uh, I'm taking a decision and I'm, I'm taking a leap into like, okay, I, w- I want people to really dig this and have – uh, and an appreciation of whatever I'm, I'm, I'm making from the hearts, from uh, from uh, uh, from canvases to the ashtrays to the hats uh, to uh, the giveaways, you know, anything that I can I can make. I'm trying to make it as pure as possible, you know. Absolutely. Again, uh, sitting here in uh, Subculture Studios, and we're actually in Jesse's office, and the, I could spend probably an entire day just in this office looking around. There's you know, there's art and. You can see your passion all over this place. Um, is there any rhyme or reason to the way you have things laid out here? Or I'm sure it's years of collecting, but it's kind of it's all displayed like really nice, and you can just see you can see the passion that's all over the walls. Uh, again, do you have any rhyme or reason to 
what you keep in here in your personal office or anything like that? Uh, I try to keep a variety of stuff. That way people uh, uh, – I don't bring anybody in my office if it's not a cigarette safari or uh, tobacco-related. Uh, a few people have come in here, the national, Nicaragua nationals, uh, some media, and they're very more, like, astounded that this place even exists you know, on the planet because we don't promote here uh, uh, to sell artwork. Or, or cigars, uh, at that matter. And the way that I, I have it uh, in my, my studio is, um, in my office, is a variety of mediums that I can work with. That way people, when they come in, there's like, wow, I never imagined that being painted. Hey, well, that's really cool. Hey, You know, it's just a sporadic moment of the thought of, like, people actually, the reaction. You know, that's what I've, I've always... Uh, I noticed, you know, I, I, it, it first started with Jonathan Drew, and when I was making stuff up, he was like, yo, can I get this? And I noticed that he was starting to collect art, you know, back when, when I met him, and he was like, yo, can I get this? And uh, every time that I made something, it was like, yo, John, here you go, put this in your room. And he has a collection of my artwork displayed in Miami at his uh, Wynwood place and his office here. And it, it means a lot to me that, you know, I can inspire people to collect artwork. You know, I didn't know that it was going to be uh, that collectible. So it's a, a collection of variety of stuff that I've done over the years, uh, from trade shows to uh, uh, travel humidors to uh, display cases, uh, ashtrays. I, I try to make people understand that there's no medium to, uh, there's no limit to the medium that I can touch. Absolutely, man. That's, it's amazing. Again, you can see your passion and, and, just the way that you talk about your art and the way that you want things to to be presented and when people receive it you you definitely put your best foot forward um so i know you're born in esteli nicaragua mm-hmm. you spent some time in miami so how did where, how'd you make it to miami and when did you come back and when did just real briefly because i know the story's long but how did you get hooked up with jonathan drew and uh sure, sure. really start doing art for 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 no, drew no estates problem, it's a pleasure i want people to know uh my story my side of uh the drew estate story because a lot of people's like they've they've captured the culture that's one thing that i've noticed over the years that people have uh immensely um captured what we're doing it's not you know the quality of cigars we're making premium cigars you know when when i first uh, met John, I didn't know about cigars. All I knew was, you know, uh, blunt wraps and uh, cigarillos and El Productos. I was very ignorant. And when I met John, it was at a time that he didn't speak a, a lot of uh, English, I mean Spanish, and I was his translator. But going back to where I'm from, my roots are from Esteli. I'm 100% Esteliano. Um, my accent really doesn't dominate the, the the Latin lingo here. That's why everybody's like looking at me in the street and when I'm talking in English on the cell phone, people are looking at me like, Damn, he speaks really fast. And even the people that come down here is like, yo, you, you speak very fluent English. I'm like, yeah, I grew up in the States. I, I uh, uh, migrated in 78, 79. I was born 75. Uh, my family uh, took me out of here in 78, 79 because uh, uh, the uprising of the Revolutionary War. Uh, Esteli was one of the, um, the places that um, erupted a lot of uh, uh, rebels, uh, Sandinistas, government, corruption, and it, it was a lot of heartache and, and turmoil for a lot of Nicaraguan families, Esteliano families. Um, the revolution started in Managua, and then uh, being Esteli, one of the biggest cities, uh, it, it took a turmoil on everybody's decision, economics, uh, livelihood, safety. And what really happened, my, my mom decided leave everything and turn another tide in our life. Um, she She took me, I think, at three, four years old uh, to the States. Uh, being in the States, um, 
<clears throat> we got um, arrested uh, in an immigration roundup. I, I think it was like in 79, 80 in Anaheim, California. We had made it. You know, we crossed illegally, as they say. But my mom was scared that we were going to be forced to the uh, Nicaraguan military, which that was her main uh, focus. That it was like, I'm fleeing the country because I want my kids to be part of the no war or end up in a body bag. So once we got over there, Amnesty International had us. Uh, we, I think my family got separated. I, I remember uh, spending a Christmas with my mom and my brothers and my dad were somewhere else in, in, in an adult uh, immigration center. And once Amnesty International got us, uh, we, we were freed and let go to uh, uh, find jobs. We had temporary residency and stuff like that. And we went to uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, my dad couldn't find no jobs. He was doing like odd jobs. And then we went to Miami where we had some friends and put us up. Uh, my dad started doing furniture, taxi driving, anything that, you know, that make ends meet because uh, we were literally just starting off a new life. Um, a family member actually paid us. I remember a good friend of my dad's when uh, my dad was a truck driver. Uh, my dad's truck driving friends uh, paid us a year of rent at a, at a Motel 6. And we stayed there for uh, the year. And then we uh, we started going to school from Motel 6. And. My mom started uh, finding a job at a local restaurant. I think it was called uh, um, like uh, Latin Cubana. It was like a Cuban-style restaurant. She was a waitress. And then um, I started going to uh, uh, kindergarten. I went to elementary, middle school, high school. Then uh, the problems came with my uh, social activities because I was uh, defiant against all my, my uh, school teachers, my parents. I was very ignorant. I was, you know, if you mind if I continue on, you know, what happened. Um, I just did a, uh, an interview in Cigarette Press, and I really opened up to what I was uh, experiencing as, as, as a child. Because to, to become a man, you got to go through some turmoil and some uh, ups and downs, some trials and tribulations. You know, everybody goes through them. And um, I got locked up a few times. Um, I'm very more forward with it because I'm more confident in the position that I'm in the company. I know I have a, uh, a you know a strong following and, and the fan base. And the art really is is very respected in not only in the Esteliano community, uh, but now also international uh, community of artists. You know, a lot of artists uh, contact me all the time, and it brings forth a lot of um, you know, confidence in me to really talk about uh, my life experiences and how I, I got to be here in Esteli. Because everybody's like, "Yo, how'd you meet John?" I met John at a gas station here in Esteli. I had no interest in uh, the cigar industry, but once I met him, my life changed. It was just like karma. I was. Uh, talk about the way that I met John because it, it's important how people feel uh, about the product. We we came from very humble uh, settings. Uh, his dad was, uh, 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 I think it was um, antique collector and he used to sell antiques, re, uh, refurnish antiques and, and sell them. And John came down here, I think, with a very, very little bit of money. I think it was 15 grand or 25 grand. And with that, he started making cigars. Uh, uh, at that time, he was making cigars at, at uh, uh, Nick Cigars. I was telling you guys earlier, yeah, yeah. and now it's Perdomo. And it opened the door to John, um, not only because he wanted uh, cigars, quality premium cigars, but he wanted uh, to be part of the production. So he was overseeing uh, the the production, the packaging and stuff. And then when he couldn't get his uh, his uh, production going up higher, he took over the packaging and then went into uh, production by himself. And one of the key people that helped him out after that transition was Kiki Burger. Uh, Kiki Burger from Cuban Crafters in Miami. God bless you. I know you're in heaven looking upon us. You're, you're a mentor to us, and you made a big difference and impact on our lives as 
uh, a, a person that looked up, uh, upon us like not like everybody else looked at us like delinquents because we were always wearing shorts. Right. I was all tatted up, and people was like, you know, at the time, you know, nobody seemed to be interested in tattoos, and now it, it turned trendy, as they say. You know, it right. opened doors to other cigar manufacturers to come out of the woodworks and like, yeah, I'm not gonna be using suits and ties. I'm gonna use tattoos and and uh, uh wife beaters so it's very cool that you know we've we've been doing stuff to open doors to everybody in the industry that uh looked at uh cigars as um something very conservative we were looking at it outside the box doing stuff that had never been done before in the packaging and the marketing and when i met john i think it was I, i've been in the company 20 years I met John uh, in 98, and I started working for him in 99 as a translator, uh, not as an artist. The artist side came about later, and it sure. had so much impact on me, you know, get pushed forward by uh, an American uh, investor, you know, because that's the way that a lot of people would see John as an investor, not as a cigar manufacturer. And then, you know, turn the tide, he comes to be one of the world's leading, you know, premium secret manufacturers in the world. I was like, hands down, everybody's clapping. I was like, yo, John Drew, you know, I've been there and I've witnessed people uh, uh, taking pictures with them and giving them awards and uh, people was like, yo, well, this is my number, contact me, I got a great idea, we can do a collaboration. And in the beginning, it wasn't like that. Everybody was turning us down, nobody wanted to give us a bell tobacco, nobody wanted to give us a bank account. And it was funny because John, I didn't tell you guys, John used to bring down, um, and I didn't tell you guys during the tour, and John used to bring down uh, shoeboxes full of money so I can pay off uh, debts. In the, in the beginning, I was like, yo, John, you brought me a pair of shoes. I was an idiot. I didn't know. <laughs> he was like, no, you, you idiot. I brought, I brought money so you could pay the, uh, the bills because I was the only English-speaking person at the time. And it, it was fun. It, it, like To be a small company, I, I didn't realize it that it, we were just having fun because we were building something from scratch. And we were doing things day by day by passion. It was... It was something that I would like. I, I would relive it like twenty more times, and and nothing would change. I, I loved everything that we were doing in the beginning, from the packaging. We were cutting up boxes and painting boxes. You know, when when John told me he's like, "Yo, I'm, um, I hand carved the bamboo. I took a picture of it. I'm, I'm making face stickers so I can put it on white boxes." I'm like, "White boxes? Why white boxes? Because nobody else does white boxes." And he told me, "I was like." Okay, cool. I remember that. <laughs> and then it was so sporadic that he was doing a lot of stuff uh, spontaneous. He was like, "Yo, fat boy, come help me out." And it was like late nights, you know. That's when a lot of people was like, were 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 actually like worried about us what we were doing late night. I was like, man, we were cultivating something that you know, twenty years later would be, you know, shown around the world, you know. And, and we didn't know. You know, I, John knew, but I didn't know. I thought. I was only going to work, like I told you guys, you know, one year. And I was like, well, ciao, you know. Right, but right. then next thing you know, I'm like, from a translator to chauffeur to, not, not a chauffeur, but I was driving him around because I was always uh, uh, the safest guy. I was always, like, cautious about kids running across the street, uh, horses. And I'm always honking at everything, you know. And the other chauffeurs now, they've they've captured that. And John knows that he could drive around with other guys, and they're, they're okay with him. And after that, a, a few times, uh, I was always sketching, you know, J. Gore Hoover, uh, JFK, uh, I forget, a couple other presidents, uh, famous people, they're doodlers, you know, do, uh, they're always scribbly scrabbling on paper, and I was always doing that, and one day, uh, he grabbed an art, art, a sketch that I was doing, it was any, I didn't even think it was very important, I thought it was just a, sure. we, yeah, something that, you know, on a napkin and shit, and, 
Next thing I, I see it on 500 shirts, I'm, I look over it, and I'm like, yo, that's cool as hell. And he was like, you want one? I was like, yeah, sure. And I was always collecting all the crazy stuff that we were doing. And we probably had about 30, 40 different shirts, crazy stuff we were doing. We were doing a, um, a subculture. We were doing uh, acid. We were doing uh, uh, Israel Soul. We were doing all kinds of, of designs and stuff that... We didn't know it was going to be so hip and so collective. You know, a lot of people are collecting our stuff from the early years. And one day, John um, leaves this uh, to go to uh, New Jersey at the time. Our main office was in, in Jersey. And he looks over. He's like, yo, I want you to take care of my office. Look over uh, everything that's going on. I was like, uh, close up shop at 5. And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And he, I think he was out for like two weeks. And um, some kid from Manawa came over. Uh, I think his name was Chuck. And... He approached me. He was like, yo, can we do a graffiti? I was like, sure, why not? So we did the graffiti, and John comes back. He's like, yo, man, uh, I'm interested in uh, finding these kids that are doing graffiti around town. And I'm like, to be honest, man, I would never believe that graffiti would be such an essence to the marketing that we're doing today. Because the graffiti is my side of the streets, you know, the the street knowledge. You know, I, I know right. how to – I showed you guys in videos and stuff, pictures of – just me tagging and, and, and doing graffiti around town and nobody seems to even bother what I'm doing because they really appreciate, you know, the good quality artwork. Stay tuned for more of the interview with Adam and Jesse Flores right after the break here on The Aficionado Show. Burn by Rocky Patel is an evolution in cigar lounges featuring a design that draws on an exotic mix of Mediterranean, Asian, and Cuban cultures. The world-class humidor in Burn also features private lockers where our guests can keep their cigars in perfect condition. Burn by Rocky Patel stocks the full line of Rocky Patel premium cigars as well as cigars from other top cigar makers from around the world. Burn by Rocky Patel, located in Mercado in Naples, next to Cabo Lounge. Are you tired of looking at that old kitchen or bath and it's time to give it an update? Maybe you would like to have a beautiful new outdoor kitchen or living area. Or have you decided you want new flooring in your home? If so, Phenomenal Construction is your choice for all things related to renovations and remodeling. For a free quote, contact Phenomenal Construction at 333-9015. That's 333-9015. Plus, through the end of February, they're offering 10% off of any complete bathroom remodel. You can also visit them online at PhenomenalConstructionHome.com. Phenomenal Construction is a Florida residential contractor, license number CRC 1331743. Hi, this is Kevin Robbins with American Eagle Mortgage and the host of The Aficionado Show. Whether you're looking to refinance your mortgage or purchase your dream home here in Southwest Florida, I'd love to earn your business. I have the experience and local knowledge to get the job done. Give me a call at 239-471-0505. That's 239-471-0505. Or visit me online at kevinrobbins.com. NMLS 1613797. Lind US LLC. DBA. American Eagle Mortgage. NMLS 1938. Equal housing opportunity. Would you like to have an authentic cigar roller at your wedding, bachelor party, corporate event, or birthday party? You can with Cigar Event Services by the World Famous Cigar Bar. Your event can have an experienced cigar roller and cigar host to create a unique experience for your guests. They also offer custom cigar bands made with your name, logo, or even your baby's name. Visit worldfamouscigarbar.com slash cigar event for more info. Let them customize the perfect cigar package for your event. Again, that's worldfamouscigarbar.com slash cigar event. Welcome back to the Aficionado Show. Now back to the interview with Adam and Jesse Flores of Subculture Studios at Drew Estate in Esteli, Nicaragua. That's Nothing. That's awesome. 
the scribble scrabbles. You sure. know, it's, it's really you know passionate work that people are looking at. It's like, wow, you were there a whole week. I seen you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I was under the sun, I'm fat, <laughs> you know. But I'm working with a team. You know, now it's like with a team. Back then, it was just me and me, and that's where it rose. You know, subconsciously, that's the birth of subconsciously. You know, the 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 purest essence of friendship. I was like, hey, can you do this for me? He's like, sure. And then he's like, yo, I'm going to pay you. I was like, what? You're going to pay me to vandalize? And I'm like, that's so awesome, you know? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to get paid, you know, what I used to get locked up in doing community hours. Yes, I did like 100 community hours at Tropical Park in Miami. And it taught me a lesson not only to be respecting people's property. So I don't vandalize. I ask people, you know, like, can I paint your house? Or they'll come actually and, and ask me here at the factory. It's like, right. hey, I have this wall. Like the guy from the coffee shop across the street from the graffiti wall that I took you. He's like, hey, man, I've been looking around. I don't like what I'm seeing. But your name keeps popping up on everybody's conversation about the greatest artist in SLE. So I was like, all right, let me uh, make a, a sketch for you and uh, see what happens. You know, I have another meeting with that guy in another week. But that's outside of Drew Estate. That's very cool. And... Next thing you know, um, I started doing graffiti all around the factory, and workers were, like, looking at me like I was weird, like, you know, deer in the headlights. I'm like, what are you doing? I was like, the gringo wants me to do artwork. <laughs> That's it. I can't tell you much. I'm, I'm, I'm getting paid to, like, paint. I was like, can you move? <laughs> right, right, right. And people were, you know, I had to move people's uh, 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 rolling tables. We only had, like, ten rolling tables, so it was really feasible to move people around. Sure. And... I was just painting the factory, you know, changing it up, changing it up. And, and some walls got knocked down, some artwork got destroyed. But I really, really enjoyed what I was doing, you know, not because of the money, not because I had the job, but I really enjoyed just being in the space that I had freedom. You know, a lot of artists are, get contained in, you know, in the matters of uh, kids, wife, uh, insurance, you know, all, all the problems at home. And to me, it sounded to like a dream job, you know, sure. being being able to like you know like what you do you really enjoy what you're doing marketing and designing and Absolutely, programming you yeah. and that was me i was just buying spray cans i had a, a whole room full of spray cans and john's like yo you really like this I'm like, man where where else can i go it's like go upstairs so i started painting upstairs the balcony the um i painted the uh john's room i painted my i had a room and to be honest guys the people that are listening um we came from a very very humble beginnings uh john was sleeping on a mattress i was sleeping on a mattress on the floor we didn't have even beds and then later on john you know uh, uh purchased beds for us and we didn't have a kitchen like we have now we have uh staff we have chauffeurs we you know we're, we're spoiled right now but in the beginning it, it meant us doing all the hard labor and just munching on snacking on little stuff not like sitting down now and we're having four course meals and soup and you know creme right. brulee it was like oh we're having some wine back then it was coke and pizza <laughs> and it meant a lot you know because i there was i was telling you earlier uh, there was this place uh, across the street from us and it was called pizza hot not you know not pizza hut pizza hot it would t with two t's <laughs> and it, the pizza just sucked it wasn't good and you know but it was like I said, humble beginnings. We only had like um, two weeks of pizza, but you know, two weeks of pizza is a lot for us. And we were making quality cigars. That that was the most important thing. But on the side, uh, behind the scenes, I was doing artwork. Right. And I didn't know who the hell I was doing artwork for because I've never been in the cigar industry, let alone been in a cigar shop. I didn't even know, know what the hell it was. I was always going to gas stations, you know, corner bodegas, and and you know, in, in the hood. 
And next thing you know, John's like, yo, you got to start making artwork. And I was like, artwork? Really? For who? He's like, for the stores. I was like, the hell they want artwork for? <laughs> you know, I'm very negative. I'm in the ghetto and shit. My mind was all uh, uh, cloudy because I didn't know, you know, the perspective that he wanted to put me out there to make marketing to promote our cigars. Right. I didn't know that. You know, he was he already had a full-scale plan of pyramid, you know, uh, uh, conglomerate mindset of what was going on but he was all spontaneous he was like yo start signing your shit i was like yeah sure and he approached me one year and he was like yo i want you to do um, my trade show i was like wtf is a trade show right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like I, I, I didn't even graduate from high school you know i was locked up the the summer that all my friends were you know unfortunately you know it's something that i you know i i, I express to everybody now because you know I, I didn't come from ivy league school I, didn't, I just do a lot of stuff from passion from the heart which is very pure. You know, a lot of artists are like, yeah, I graduated from this university. I took this class. I'm like, I'm doing everything because I took woodshop. I took metal class. I took a, vo a vocational uh, school class in West Palm Beach because my dad was sick of me just being home. I had a DJ set and I was always playing music. And he was like, you got to learn a trade. You can't just do this. You can't just do that because it's not fun. You got to actually get something to learn and uh, fall back on. Yeah. So I started painting cars. I started playing uh, mailboxes, you know, just having fun and experimenting well, with the textures and the, and the chemicals and the cleaners and dilutes. And I finally got my chance to paint, I think it was a 64 Chevy Impala four-door. And um, it was property of the school. And my boss says, what can you do? I was like, can I mess around with different materials? He's like, yeah, man, it's uh, your project, your your uh, your final exam. Right. So my final exam, I, as I say, tore, tore it up. Um, I did a bowling ball rainbow paint job wow. with uh, three candy pearl paint clears. Yeah. Wow. So that really, like, mind-boggled. Actually, they actually sold it to buy more uh, materials and equipment for the school. Very cool. And I was like, holy shit, it gives me goosebumps. Remember that right, shit? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody was like... Yo, you've never painted? And I was like, no. And then I had a small business. I started uh, getting a, a business from uh, the guys with the Chevy Impalas, the old school lowriders. He was like, yo, can you do this? And I had one uh, Mexican dude approach me. He's like, yo, can you uh, uh, paint a girl on my hood? I was like, sure. So I did. I sanded down the hood. I painted it. I, I did all the process. And then I clear coated it. And it was just fabulous. And, and he started going to mini truck shows around yeah, South yeah. Florida. And he was winning prizes because of the art and, you know, the color scheme that we were doing. We, we did, like, teardrops on the side of the the, uh, the tires. And it was something different, you know. I had never done that. And my dad was actually proud of what I was doing. Stupid me, I got locked up. I did some stupid shit. I couldn't graduate. And then, oh, uh, wow. yeah. Um, unfortunately, but it actually turned into a blessing. I got sent down here in Nicaragua. I did some time, and then uh, when, once I came, came down here in Nicaragua, I did some graffiti at discos, and uh, I met John. That was one of the biggest uh, accomplishments in my life, getting to meet one of the greatest guys in the world. That's you know, amazing, man. This guy is a, a, a multi-talented uh, individual. I've never met nobody else like Jonathan Drew, and I've met uh, tons of people. Uh, I've been all over across the East Coast, and to meet John was... Uh, meet a mentor you know he took me down under his wing he paid my rent for a year uh, after uh, I was living with him um, and I started doing tattoos on the side and you know next thing you know he was like yo we should put a tattoo business I believe in you I was like sure 2003 we put subculture tattoos in Manawa we were the first Nicaraguan certified uh, tattoo shop oh wow and it was never been seen before and a lot of people were like 
you're putting a tattoo shop in a girl? I was like, yeah. And, you know, then when I imported all the materials, John's like, here, here's my credit card. Start ordering all your materials. Get them sent down. And I was like, all right, cool. I forgot who, who helped me out in the States. And it turned out very well. Uh, we, we, uh, we had the business about a year. And we had a neon sign and everything. It was very attracting a lot of people. Um, we had to close down the business. Uh, unfortunately, because uh, parking space here was very limited, and I didn't, and I was getting guys with Harley Davidson, uh, guys from the American embassies, the consulates. I had oh, wow. uh, Chinese uh, people coming down from other, you know, yeah. all uh, um, uh, other free trade zones, and it was going good. You know, I was doing mistresses, strippers, <laughs> you know, you name it, I, I was doing it. <laughs> it was very fun. And 2004 came around. Um, John's like, all right, we count our losses and. Dude, don't worry about it. Pay me back when you can. I was like, all right. So um, we came back to 2004. We opened up Subculture Design Studios, and it went very, very well for us because uh, we had uh, structured ourselves um, very, very tight on what we wanted to produce as artwork to brand our products. Sure. And I had never done this, like, never in my life. I never imagined that this guy would dump money on me. I was like, yo make art i was like what <laughs> from where it's like just create and i was like all right and it went very well the uh, 2004 trade show and as soon as the trade show uh, i actually had done uh rocky patel's uh the sketches that you guys see on his um displays those were hand sketches and you know he later on turned them into vector and i had done two trade shows back to back for for drew estate and rocky patel and then he comes back uh john and he was like yo I want you to sit down. In my thoughts, I'm like, going back to the ghetto, I'm like thinking, I'm going to get fired. I'm right. like, I'm going to be let go. And he's like trying to be very soft. He's like, he's going to invite me to a pizza and let me go. But it turned out to be, he's like, yo, I want you to do a sample for me of La Bia Habana. And I had worked on La Bia Habana uh, sketches in the in like in the early years. And it turned out very well. And, you know, it's one of you know, our, our first brands that we worked on but he, uh, the box that he had done originally was not of uh, cardboard it was made out of wood and a leather patch which was uh, a star with wings and it said LVH La Habana, and it was like something phenomenal I've never seen a leather patch inside a box I thought it was the coolest thing and he approaches me and is like yo I want you to do this La Habana painting and uh, if it goes good I want you to make 5 or 10 I was like yeah sure it took me about 2 weeks to make 1 Right. I was like freaking in it was like this was not on my schedule i was like this really was hard and once i done it uh he approaches me and tells me listen bro i'm gonna need about a thousand i was like yo <laughs> relax i don't know about a thousand it's just me so i can't work seven days for the rest of my life <laughs> right right he was like well here's my credit card start buying materials start training people I was like training who the hell am i gonna train he's like make it known that you're employing right that moment i turned into an employer of the company not only just an artist sure so now i had to turn the tide to my life to train people that's my techniques and a lot of people are like freaking out you know even today it's like i teach people and they leave and you know unfortunately they got the big egos then they're gonna say thank you or it's like hey i learned from jesse i learned from the subculture team and like none of that you know so I, i really don't care about uh the respect or, or giving me uh, uh, acknowledgement of what I've taught other artists in, in the community. I'm more focused on the people that are working around me right now, uh, which is a very, you guys see my team, uh, and it's very solidified. They're all young guys. 
and girls. And what I've been trying to do over the year is teach them values to work together. A lot of people are, as employers, are like, yo, you got to do this, you got to do that. I'm like, hey, thank you. Hey, can you do this? Can you change that? And I'm very, you know, open-minded about, you know, what um, the artist is and what I want and what Drew Estate wants. Sure. So I'm more focused on the three things, but more on Drew Estate, what the branding and being very uh, recognizable to all of our distinct brands and prestigious, you know, uh, boxes that we do. And from the very beginning, I started with five guys. Those five guys, one uh, left, the other guy left, the other guy. So only like uh, one guy, little Marvin, he stayed, and I made him my supervisor. And from the very, very, very beginning, I told him, listen, if I'm right or wrong, you have to say yes. Saturday, Sunday, rain or shine, right, yeah. you have to say yes. Put I'll work. feed you, I'll take you home, I'll do everything you need for you to be here with me. Because I'm pushing seven days a week. Non-stop, and he just looked at me. He was like, "All right, I got a kid coming up. I, I need the job." And Marvin approached me because I was doing a graffiti on the second floor of the factory, and it was the first one that anybody had seen in town. And it became very popular because nobody in the in, in the city had ever seen graffiti. They were always seeing revolutionary art. And this little kid was like, "Yo, I need to talk to you." I was like, "Yeah, sure, hold on." So he would just—I let him wait for two hours. I'm, <laughs> I'm heavy as hell. I'm going, you know, on the roof. You know, I'm not going to come down just to say hello. And when I came down, I was like, hey, man, I, I really love what you're doing, man. Can you teach me how to do it? I was like, no. I wouldn't pay attention to him. I was like, but then he was like, yo, I need a job. And then when the opportunity arose that John approached me about making a trade show and canvases, I'm like, little Marvin. Little Marvin's the guy. And he's still here. Uh, he's my right-hand man. He's Very been here cool. for some, from not from day one, but he came along after when, when uh, I started uh, Subculture Studios. And after that, man, it just became uh, a nonstop success. Uh, we've made uh, a thousand canvases like in four months. That's even unheard of in the in, uh, industry or the cigar industry or any industry, sure. uh, let alone unless you're doing silkscreen. So I had everybody, um, I had it in a way, uh, break down the design and then mass produce it per artist. Right, right. And so everything was a multi-production studio. I rented a house. A two-floor house, like I was telling you guys, and there was no beds, no fridges, or nothing. It was just art, <laughs> and everybody was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, <laughs> "I'm making art, I export." And you know, next thing you know, I got a container outside, and I'm filling up a container full of art, and wow. people are looking at me, is like, "What is that? Those are too long, uh, uh, you know, canvases uh, for art for tobacco." I was like, "No, no, this artwork." I would have to explain to people because you know they couldn't even uh, comprehend that a, a, a Nicaraguan from a third-world country would have. Uh, people working for him to ex uh, to paint to export to promote cigars. Right, it never been done before. And wow. you know, the silk screening process is something easy. Everybody does it, and it's something very, uh, very. Um, how can I tell you? Uh, it's not mind blowing. It's very, very, very easy to 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 mass produce the sure. silk screen. But to actually get a design, break it down, and mass produce it, that's when yeah. I had to like really get into the science of. Mass production and unifying team leaders, making people feel very unique in the jobs that they were doing. Yeah, each so one of them each out. one, yeah, because it's something different, you know, when when you're painting a, a canvas and it's just a unique piece of art. But to have one unilateral design be repeatedly every day, every day, and people are like, "Is this all we're gonna do?" It's like, "This is all we're doing. Wow, this is all yeah. we're doing for like four months." And then <clears throat> John approaches me, he's like, "Hey, man." And I thought I was going to get fired again. I was like, <laughs> fuck, man. And 
Yeah, like I need another thousand paintings. Is this possible? I was like, I looked at John. I was like, Yeah, I have an equipment. I already have the airbrushes. I had bought like thirty compressors, thirty wow. airbrushes, uh, thirty stands, thirty chairs. I bought everything by hand. And and at that time, I didn't have corporate America on me, and I was just doing what I really loved and do. You know, just do it. You know, I didn't sure. have to like send no emails and like may I please I. You know, everything hashtags very sensitive. Everybody's like, Oh, you have to say please now and. You know, I understand the whole corporate uh, scheme of things, but I like to do things rough, rugged, and raw. That's the way you get 100% of Jesse art. Oh, I like you know, it. I really, um, more influence on what my mindset is. Like, I go to sleep and I'm thinking about in the dark, wow, I can really do this. I can really manage this design. I can really, you know, like all the mega standing humidors for the Drew app. That's just me designing at night, you know, in the dark. And people are like, Where'd you where'd you do that? And I was like, you're sketching and then you know, I sit down and sketch with the art carpenters and they're like the carpenters are looking at me like they're I'm crazy and there's like <laughs> cuz they know it's going to be beautiful once it's done. And success, you know, uh from from the paintings to the canvases to the trade shows, we were doing things that were very very unique and it just took off, you know, from Subculture Studios just being uh, a home base of art in Nicaragua and now we're uh, at a global standpoint that we can uh, represent the company via social, via art, via uh, events. Uh, I'm throughout all the Drew Estate events. If you see all the ashtrays, those are all mine. If uh, some of the hat designs are all mine, um, there's the cool side of it is that it's a growing culture. Sure. And it's nonstop. That's what's really like you know what Kevin was saying that he really really enjoys uh, coming down here and seeing the art, seeing the culture, seeing the bedding, seeing the, the tobacco and movement. And it means so much to people to really know where it's coming from. And this is the Jesse Flores story. That's amazing. And, uh, I mean, your your story is absolutely inspirational. Um, for our listeners, you can actually read a little more about his um, uh, story in Cigar Press's uh, most recent issue. Um, just real quick, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but... Uh, one uh one last question. What is your favorite Drew Estate cigar? Oh man, uh, I like the Liga Nine, and I really like uh, Willie Herrera had given me uh, when he was blending the Coronita, the Norteño Coronita, and I really enjoyed it because it was quick smoke. And my go-to cigars right now, I'm really enjoying the Tins, which is something that because it's a quick smoke, I could put it in my pocket. Uh, the tins are protecting the cigars. Usually when you're on the run, it happens to me. I don't know if it happens to other people. Uh, your cigars break if you don't have it in, in, a, in a cigar carrying case. So I'm really thinking about the, ex- the, the accessibility of the smoking uh, pleasure, you know. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks again, Jesse, for your time. It's been, uh, it's been an amazing experience. We've uh, enjoyed having you around for the past four days. And yeah, we, will honored, honored. S- we will see you again down here. Thanks again to Jesse Flores for sitting down with Adam uh, while we were in uh, Esteli, Nicaragua at Cigar Safari. Uh, great interview. Jesse's got a lot of stories, doesn't he, Adam? Yeah, he's um, he's an artist at heart, man, at the core of who he is. And he's always creating, uh, sitting there with him in his office, and he's literally doodling right right on the top of his desk with a Sharpie. And uh, it was just it was such a fun time. I think I spent a little more time in there than anyone else did. Yeah, definitely. Um, just hanging out with him and, and shooting the shit and talking art and design and all that good stuff. But I had a, I had a really good time with Jesse. Very good. Yeah, Jesse was awesome. Uh, definitely a pleasure to meet him. We'll be right back after this break to talk about a few uh, events coming up here in Southwest Florida, right here on the Aficionado Show. 
For over 10 years, Sticks Cigar Company in North Fort Myers has been the place for those highly sought-after boutique cigar blends that you won't find in every humidor. Owner Tom Green prides himself in not only having unique cigar brands, but also a large selection of cigar accessories, including cutters, lighters, ashtrays, and that perfect humidor. Stop in to see Tom and let him help you pick out the perfect cigars, and while you're there, stay for a cigar on the patio or in the man cave. That's Sticks Cigar Company, located at 705 Pondella Road in North Fort Myers, or give them a call at 239-898-2593. Be sure to tell them that the Aficionado Show sent you. Hi, this is Pat Denson, Vice President of Estero Bay Chevrolet. When you sell the most cars, you have the luxury of keeping only the finest pre-owned vehicles for every price category. Many are one-owner trades, many purchase new here. We don't go to the auction and purchase other people's problems. So if you're in the market for the nicest used cars and trucks and sport utilities, there's no better place to buy than a Stero Bay Chevrolet. Find new roads, exit 123, your ride, your way today at SteroBayChevrolet.com. Ioni Insurance and Risk Management is an independent insurance agency here in Southwest Florida. They've been providing complete and comprehensive insurance portfolio risk management services in Florida for over 25 years. Ioni Insurance and Risk Management is proud to serve our community in all things insurance and risk management. For more information about how they can assist you and your business, call 239-707-1133. Again, 239-707-1133. Or visit them online at IoniInsurance.com. That's I-A-N-N-O-N-E Insurance.com. Hood Designs, the official marketing and branding partner of the Aficionado Show. Hood Designs is a highly versatile design firm specializing in branding, marketing, print, and digital. With their extensive knowledge of web development and graphic design, they're able to assist your business to reaching its marketing goals. Hood Designs is well known for their project promptness and pride themselves in creating satisfied clients. Contact Hood Designs today and learn how they can help you with your business goals. 561-247-4931 or visit hooddesigns.com. Burn by Rocky Patel is an evolution in cigar lounges featuring a design that draws on an exotic mix of Mediterranean, Asian, and Cuban cultures. The world-class humidor in Burn also features private lockers where our guests can keep their cigars in perfect condition. Burn by Rocky Patel stocks the full line of Rocky Patel premium cigars as well as cigars from other top cigar makers from around the world. Burn by Rocky Patel, located in Mercado in Naples, next to Cabo Lounge. And welcome back to the Aficionado Show. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin Robbins. With me is Adam Hood. And uh, Adam, as if I didn't have enough things going on here uh, with uh, in my life, uh, I got the opportunity recently to uh, get back into playing drums with a band, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, the band's name is Just For Fun, and the cool thing about it is uh, uh, the, the other guys in the band, Keith and Don, uh, our older gentlemen and they 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 play just for fun and, and it's a it's a great time. Don Don Riddle is his name uh, is someone that Adam I've played music with for thirty years. I started playing uh, in his band when I was seventeen years old up in Indiana, uh, and believe it or not, he was my high school English teacher and high school speech teacher during that time that's really cool so he was i had him as a as a high school teacher during the week and on the weekends we were playing music in in bars so uh that's a really long cool story but uh i'm excited to get the opportunity to play music with don again we uh which you would never get away with today by the way right no exactly (laughs) exactly so we uh uh have played off and on together over those 30 years and it's probably been uh, i've filled in with bands with him 
in the last year or so, but haven't uh, played with him on a regular basis in, in a few years. And uh, their opportunity, or excuse me, their uh, uh, drummer got married and decided to make a change. And so that gave me the opportunity to jump in there and uh, play some music with Don again. And I, I figure this, is, this may be the last band Don plays in. So I'm very excited about the opportunity to, uh, to uh, play music with him again for, for a little while. Uh, it's fun. It was nice to get the drums out and get them polished off. And uh, first gig was a little rough. Uh, I was a little rusty. I felt I had some rust to knock off, but the second gig was uh, was last week at uh, Rusty's in uh, Island Park. Um, and uh, Rusty's, at, they've got three here in in Fort Myers, uh, Cape Coral area, and uh, the one there in Island Park. The staff there is great, and it was a great gig. We played well, sounded good, and and starting to starting to get the groove. So it's uh, it's coming together. I'm excited about it. Yeah, Rusty's a cool spot. We need to get them on the show, actually. Absolutely, they're 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 good guys. So, uh, if anybody would have the interest in coming out and seeing uh, three old guys play some music <laughs> just for fun, literally, uh, we're going to be back at Rusty's Island Park uh, on the twenty eighth of April. So, April twenty eighth, six to nine, uh, we'll be at Rusty's in Island Park, and then uh, May fifth, Cinco de Mayo, we're actually doing an early show there before their Cinco de Mayo party. We're doing six to nine on May fifth at Rusty's in Cape Coral. So that Rusty's in Cape Coral has been open, what, three or four months, maybe yeah. something like that. Uh, and they are doing uh, a bang-up business there. So that should be a lot of fun. So if anybody wants to come out and check out, uh, check out just for fun. We have a good time. Uh, and and uh, both locations of Rusty's are, are a great place to come have a few drinks. And uh, the food is amazing as well. Uh, some other events we have coming up here in southwest Florida, Adam. Uh, La Polina is doing a special event at the world-famous Cigar Bar, correct? Yes, they're actually holding a promotion at all three locations, so Cape Coral, uh, Gulf Coast Town Center, and downtown Fort Myers. Uh, essentially, La Polina is giving away a Nespresso machine, a uh, La Polina cigar gift pack. The entire value is $600. Uh, La Polina is giving you a box of cigars, a ceramic ashtray, leather travel case. Basically, you buy cigars, you get raffle tickets, and at the end of the month, we'll throw all the raffle tickets in for each location. So there's three of these packs that they're giving away. Um, so if you wanted to travel to all three locations, you could have three shots at this. That's awesome. So, yeah, get out and buy some uh, La Polina cigars from any or all three locations yes. of uh, the world-famous cigar bar to be entered in that. That uh, Nespresso machine is excellent. So that is a uh, that is a great prize pack. It's not a cheap one either. They ha- actually have the same one in their office, and I was down there not too long ago, and uh, Nick... Peretta made me a cup of coffee out of it, and it, I want one. Really? Yes. It's nice. It's, it's delicious. I'll have to uh, use the Google machine and check that out. Yes. Uh, and then finally, a couple of concerts coming up at the ranch. Uh, Adam and I have uh, really enjoyed our partnership with the ranch. Great group of guys. Rusty there uh, is one of the owners. And Rusty's, we're going to have Rusty on the show. He's got some interesting stories besides just being the owner of uh, uh, the owner of the ranch. Rusty's uh, uh, a sound guy and owns a sound company and he's got some interesting stuff so i'm going to bring rusty on the show soon but a couple of shows coming up at the ranch uh april 27th 7 p.m colt ford is coming into town uh his opening act is chris kemp so that's april 27th at 7 p.m that should be a good show yeah very good show and then on may 12th it's kind of a ways away but you can still get your tickets uh 7 p.m may 12th it's whiskey myers so uh, two good shows coming up at uh, the ranch in Fort Myers. If you want to get tickets for that, you just go to theranchfortmyers.com. So Adam, another good show. We're thrilled to have the listeners that we do, and hopefully we're growing. Guys, please uh, please share the show with your friends. Please be sure you check out all of our social media as well. 
Uh, before we get out of here, Kevin, I just want to give a, actually a shout out to you. Uh, just closed on the refinance, got the cash in the bank. Very nice. I am start. I'm ready to build a pool now, and I just wanted to give a shout out to you and everyone on your team for making that process as smooth as possible. And um, it went very easy. It was not as hard as I thought it was going to be. And uh, I just wanted to say I appreciate everything that you did for me there. Thank you. Well, for all of you that uh, listen to the show, you hear my commercial during the show that my day job, my real job is I uh, am in the mortgage business. So if you uh, are in need of any mortgage financing for a purchase or a refi like Adam, uh, please, please keep me in mind or refer me to your friends, family. Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a pretty easy process, and soon I hope to be uh, floating in your pool with a, a yeah. cigar in my hand. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> see, I knew why you wanted to help me out so fast. Exactly. I'm, well, I'm, I, but see, I'm I'm also at the same time working on my pool bod. Right. I'm losing weight, so you know I don't want I don't want to get in your pool and push all the water over the sure, sides. Sure. <laughs> so thank you, Adam. I appreciate that. I uh, uh, have been in and out of the mortgage business and and uh, for many many years and enjoy it and enjoy helping people do just that get to get the things that they want or get the home that they want so i'm glad that worked out well so uh this is uh the end of episode nine again be sure to follow us on all the social media it's at aficionado show on twitter on facebook and on instagram of course our website is aficionado show.com uh give us some feedback be sure you like the pictures. Uh, check things out. We'll, we uh, will add some pictures from our trip to Nicaragua. There are some there already. But uh, give us feedback. We want to know what you would like to hear. Uh, remember that we've got some really good, uh, exciting uh, shows coming up. So stay tuned for those as well. If you're listening to this on your podcast app, be sure you subscribe so you get notified that uh, the new show is up and running. So again, guys, thanks for joining us right here on The Aficionado Show. For more information on the show, upcoming events, how to have your product or business featured, or to be a sponsor of the show, visit us online at aficionadoshow.com. To hear past episodes or to share the show with your friends, you can find us on all major podcast outlets, including iTunes and Google Play. The Aficionado Show is a media group Florida production.